What up, what up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to episode 92 of the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Thank you very much for listening. In this episode, I speak about an interesting concept around preparing for the future of automation and AI in terms of automated job loss through the means of philosophy and other fundamental skills like math that I read about in the uh, Molten Economics uh, newsletter. I also speak about watching the movies Downsizing, Wind River, and Three Billboards. And lastly, I also have a big, huge announcement for the Spun Today podcast listeners that I'm going to save for the end of the episode. So stay tuned. As a reminder, if you want to help support the Spun Today podcast, you can do all your shopping that you normally do on Amazon by going to the Spun Today affiliate links page at spuntoday.com forward slash affiliate links, clicking on the Amazon banner that's right at the top of that page and doing your shopping like you normally do. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps support the show. There's also a bunch of other ways that you can help support the show that you can find there on that landing page, spuntoday.com forward slash affiliate links. All right. So I've quoted from the Molden Economics newsletter in the past and um, as usual, I'll link to this particular one in the episode notes. This one was written by Patrick Watson. And the argument made in this article is that automation is... There There are three fundamental skills that we can learn to help maintain job stability and relevancy in uh, an ever-changing uh, economic climate with the advent of automation and artificial intelligence. I mean, it's no secret that, you know, the more things automate, the less um, of those particular types of opportunities or or jobs that get automated are available, right? They're, they're in diametrically opposed from each other. It doesn't mean that 10 jobs turn to zero, but it means that 10 jobs will turn to two or three. I see it all the time um, in my line of work in my nine to five and you know just historically you know before you used to have a lot more male careers because that's the only way to get uh documentation from point a to point b then with the advent of fax machines that dwindled down and then when fax you know with the advent of the internet email fax machines got got um dwindled down and automated out of the mark you know that specific marketplace so I thought this article made an interesting argument and the three fundamental things are philosophy, math, and foreign languages. And I'm going to give you an excerpt from each of those three sections here. The first one is from Mark Cuban, which was at a South by Southwest conference and uh, Patrick Watson saw him there and he was part of a panel. And I'm going to quote what... Uh, Patrick Watson quoted from uh, the South by Southwest conference when the moderator asked what asked Mark Cuban what subjects young people should study to gain an advantage in the future. And the question was asked because people lean toward, you know, there's going to be computers 
uh, in the future, computers are going to be everywhere, you know, computers in the marketplace. The safest job you can get is coding and, you know, learning pretty much the language of computers. Um, but this is like a different approach to that same uh, quote, problem, quote unquote problem. Anyway, uh, Mark Cuban's response to that was <clears throat> that we're going through the process where software will automate software. Automation will automate automation. I would not want to be a CPA right now. I would not want to be an accountant right now. I would rather be a philosophy major, knowing how to critically think and assess them from a global perspective, I think is going to be more valuable than what we see as exciting careers today, which might be programming or CPA or those types of things. Then in the article, Patrick Watson goes on to speak about um, some well-known uh, philosophy majors to kind of take a, a um, like the stench off of, you know, philosophy majors, like what the fuck are they going to do as a job? You know, what are going to become philosophy professors or something? Um, he mentioned uh, Carl Icahn, who was a philosophy major. Carl Icahn, for those of you that don't know, is a uh, Wall Street investor. And he uh, is most notably known for uh, taking over a hostile takeover of TWA, the airline. He's been involved in Time Warner. He's owned casinos. Uh, he's worth like $16 billion. Um, Motorola, uh, a bunch of companies, um, PayPal. Uh, he's a huge stakeholder in, in Lyft, the uh, ride-sharing company, you know, like the other company that's not uber <laughs> and by uh owning a stake in it it's a hundred million dollar stake um who else he mentioned peter thiel is also a uh was also a philosophy major and he you know most notably known for companies like paypal um which he was a, either an investor or co-founder of with elon musk and um he was a VC, a venture capitalist uh, investor with Facebook. George Soros, which is worth $18 billion and known to be one of the most successful investors, is a or was a philosophy major as well. Uh, the CEO of, former CEO of HP, uh, Carla Fiorina. Another area to focus in would be math, which may sound kind of obvious, but math um, he breaks it down as math teaches logical reasoning and attention to detail, and it helps you think under pressure. Finding that one possible solution can be hard, but doing it will increase your mental endurance. He goes on to say that math is about structure, developing principles that hold true even if you change the components. And that, for example, is helpful in economic analysis. And he goes on to say that, you know, um, brushing up on your math skills can help in, you know, regardless of your age, et cetera. And he points to uh, the Khan Academy, which was cool to see here because completely unrelated. I've been uh, using uh, Khan Academy, uh, their website and their app um, for years. Um, I forget how I stumbled upon it. I think through a TED talk, actually. And it's dope. And there's like a slew of of different topics 
uh, from understanding something like a basic algebra to geometry questions to uh, advanced calculus to just understanding specific topics like how does compound interest work and um there's other subjects as well that that isn't just just math is like science topics and stuff like that and it's really cool uh intuitive videos and um i forget his first name but something khan uh started it and it gained uh, momentum he started it as if i'm not mistaken he started as um trying to help his niece um work out math problems so he started doing like these youtube videos for her and it just like snowballed and he got like million dollar investments you know years down the line and now it's like blown up to be this um this cool thing so it was just cool to see it like referenced there um then the last uh area they said would be uh fundamentally helpful in this changing economic climate was uh learning language language skills learning a different language and he goes on to say that math is the language of technology and computers, quote unquote, think in ones and zeros. But human languages count, too. He writes that learning about another language helps you understand your own language better. And since languages shape how we think, you'll also gain insight into the mentality of other languages, native speakers. He says that studying other languages makes your thinking more flexible and widens the opportunities that you can seize. And I've heard uh, that uh, like similar arguments to or positives to learning different languages um, where you're literally changing. Because like when you learn new any, a new anything, you're literally changing the structure of like the neural pathways in your brain. Like you're learning new things, you're like tapping into shit that you didn't use before. It's like using a muscle that, or lifting, a, a, doing an, ex an exercise that you've never done before. You start using muscles that you haven't readily used before, and you start strength strengthening them. Um, I've heard similar references like that when it comes to learning new anything, specifically uh, languages, like different lang languages, and that the implications of which can go way beyond you know being able to read a menu in a different country or something like that and the last thing i'll say about this article that uh before i segue into another article that it references that i found really interesting is that he says that uh chinese for instance doesn't use verb tense to denote past present and future it's no coincidence that many chinese-speaking people conceive of time quite differently from english speakers Knowing this helps explain some things. And in that article, he hyperlinks to another article about the, the concept of time in Chinese culture, which I, I just found like interesting. As you know, my the novel that I'm working on has to do with like time travel. And um, one of my favorite movies is Back to the Future. And just like it piqued my interest. And it kind of sort of played into my uh, the Midday Monday Boost letter which you can subscribe to for free at spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe. In it, I referenced a quote from Claire Cook, which was the featured quote of the week on Monday, January 29th, 2018. And it said, quote, if, a pl if plan A doesn't work, the alphabet has 25 more letters. 204 if you're in Japan. 
and that like blew my mind because i i definitely get the i know i'm going off on a quick tangent here <laughs> but that like i definitely get the analogy of of especially for me because i'm very regimented and um this is the plan i wanted to work out to a t and i follow step by step by step and i get the analogy of you know if plan a doesn't work you know there's 25 more letters to the alphabet don't have a meltdown and just go to plan b and plan c and so forth and that analogy just it makes you or makes me at least think all right it's not the end of the world you can give it another give it another whirl and then when um claire cook adds the the 204 letters of the alphabet in the japanese alphabet when she adds like that perspective to the same concept it's like it just blew my mind it was like holy shit you know in a weird kind of way that just resonated with me that that was pretty cool so i had that floating somewhere in my mind um because i recently i used it in my in my newsletter and then um this reference of the concept of time being different for time in the chinese language versus the english language i just found super super interesting and basically in the other article it says that in uh, japanese culture there's uh, two concepts of time the clock time and the timeless time and uh, someone by the name of mitch album in the timekeeper uh, quotes his explanation of the clock time which was quote try to imagine a life without timekeeping you probably can't you know the month the year the day of the week there's a clock on your wall or dashboard of your car you have a schedule a calendar a time for dinner or a movie man alone measures time man alone chimes the hour and because of this man alone suffers a paralyzing fear that no other creature endures a fear of time running out and then goes on to speak to the timeless time which is extremely focused on one study or work that one forgets to eat enjoys oneself so much that one forgets about all the worries and not even aware of the becoming of old age and i just found that uh, pretty interesting and that article is linked within the molden economics article but i'll uh, link to it separately as well in the episode notes in case you guys are interested to check it out there's like a l- little video in there which i didn't see i just like read the article um but it might be interesting for you guys to check out it's from chelsea bubbly Chels teaches Chinese. A blog of some sort. Alrighty. Now let's talk movies. So I saw the movie Downsizing. And I didn't know what it was about. I'll tell you guys how this movie, my um, exposure to this movie went. From the first time I ever heard of it to after watching it. So I first saw a billboard of it uh, in the highway. I was on the LIE heading towards the Midtown Tunnel. And right before the Midtown Tunnel, going from Queens to Manhattan, um, there was like a big billboard there for downsizing. And just based on the billboard, it looked interesting. I was like, hmm. Like that, like 
the point of a billboard is to get you interested in watching a movie, right? If it's a movie about a billboard, if it's a movie about food or something like that, then I guess it didn't have the right effect. But <laughs> if the billboard is for a movie, the point of it is to get you interested in watching the movie. And based on how it was, like, I was like, oh, shit, I never, I haven't heard of that, of that movie. But based on the billboard, I want to check it out. Then my i think my wife if not someone else like described like what the movie was about because uh she saw a commercial on tv for it and it didn't sound it's it didn't didn't sound the way i interpreted the billboard to be it didn't sound like the same type of movie so like ah damn i thought it was something else so i was like a little disappointed then i saw the the um I think a preview at the theater and it got me like back into it like oh, okay it's kind of not as good as what i thought it would be based on the billboard not as bad as i thought it was based on the interpretation of a of the commercial um but i would watch it and i did and i thought it was, i thought it was it's pretty good it's a pretty good movie um a couple takeaways from it was that it made me it was funny, first of all, and it made me kind of understand more of Matt Damon's ability to act comedically, because I've always um, seen him as like a dramatic actor, and then when he was nominated for, or won, maybe he even won, I don't, I don't know if he won or not, but he was definitely nominated for Best Comedy for that, that Mars movie. I forget the name of it. The way he was like alone on Mars or whatever, The Martian. When he was nominated for Best Comedy, I was like, Best Comedy? Like, it wasn't even like there was some funny moments in it, but like I didn't get it. And then kind of got it, but didn't get it. I don't know. This movie made me like get that more because I saw this like a, more of a drama, but I was, I guess, like primed for uh, comedic relief from him. And from his uh, type of movies. And um, I definitely saw, like, I laughed more. I don't know if it had to do with me being more open to, to it or if it was just, like, funnier or whatever, but uh, that was definitely one takeaway. There was a Vietnamese lady in the movie that definitely stole the show. She was funny as hell. It definitely helped that her accent was super stereotypical heavy heavy asian accent so she was like unexpectedly super funny and i think it was because she like a lot of the things she was she was saying was really funny but she was serious about it like she wasn't like trying to be funny so that plus a heavy heavy asian accent kind of like put her over the top and and uh, it was uh, an entertaining watch, in my opinion. Next up, the movie Wind River, which was really good. Jeremy Renner is a dope actor. He um, He's one of the main protagonists, probably the, I would say the, the main protagonist of the movie. And Elizabeth Olsen, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's younger sister, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, for those of you that don't know, was Michelle from full house and for those of you that don't know michelle from full house was the show 
this sitcom that was so successful during the early 90s, maybe even 80s, late 80s, early 90s, that they even revamped a shitty version called Fuller House, which I've never seen. I don't know why I'm calling it shitty since I've never seen it, but I can just tell that it is. <laughs> but um, anyway, back, back to Wind River. Great acting takes place in a small town of native american a native american town predominantly and jeremy renner is married to a native american woman uh has a younger son and uh, i'm sorry he's divorced from a native american woman has a younger son with her that they share custody with and they actually violently lost a daughter their eldest and they get into that in the movie. And he is a hunter. And it's a very small town, so everybody pretty much knows each other. There's like five cops in the whole town. And there was a, a murder that was covered up. As well as um, while Jeremy Renner was out hunting, he's found the body of a girl that he wound up knowing. Which was actually the best friend of his daughter that he had lost some time before and she was just like barefoot out in the snow in a blizzard you know completely frozen and dead uh so they call the cops and they wound up having to call the fbi and elizabeth olsen plays the fbi agent who plays an interesting role of someone that i wouldn't say is a complete novice or like rookie agent but i would say she was like more of a sophomore type agent and you know she she's um been an fbi agent for a bit but not like too long whereas she's just like straight protocol set you know rule book uh type of agent you know she's you know she still had that like hunger to help type of vibe and to do good and but wasn't uh, seasoned enough to like run the show and notice everything around her and her surroundings and take care of everything that she had to take care of. So her and Jeremy Renner pretty much like kind of sort of team up unofficially as well as like the local cops and they try to figure out and solve this, this, this murder. And um, they do and it's a really good movie. Spoiler alert, by the way. Um, which by the way, I gotta stop saying spoiler alert because if you guys listen to my my takes on movies, which I do all the time uh, on this podcast, I'm gonna drop shit about the movies. Like that goes without saying. Uh, but if you're a new listener, my bad. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm definitely not ruining it, ruining it blah, blah, ruining it for you. It's definitely worth watching. One of my favorite parts in the movie is jeremy renner when he is consoling a friend of his because again it's a small town everybody knows each other a or at least an acquaintance of his but he knows the family he knows he the new girl that died was his daughter's best friend and the families know each other and he is consoling the father of the new girl that died and there's like a really long, not really long, there's a, a fairly long monologue, which you guys know I'm a sucker for and I love 
monologues and dialogues and movies. Um, this one was definitely satisfying. And it's all about how to cope and deal with death. And it's not a sugar-coated, time will make it better, you know, you'll get past it, you'll get through it type of monologue. It's like a more practical but oddly satisfying and closure-giving monologue that only another man that went through the exact same thing of losing his firstborn in a very similar way can give and i thought that was pretty dope and that that was definitely to me one of the or the best scene of the movie so i recommend it wind river check it out then the last movie before i tell you guys the big big news is three billboards and three billboards for me and this is also uh wind river i think is going to be nominated if it wasn't already for like movie of the year same thing with three billboards and i like watching like all, all these movies that get nominated um i will say that so far i haven't seen one that was as as um impactful to me as um i think it was last year's like slate of movies of the year like there was a bunch of good ones and manchester by the sea was such a fucking dope movie i love that movie it was so good um i haven't seen one yet that is at that level but they're all definitely worth watching the ones that, that i mentioned so far um downsizing is not one of them though but i think wind river and three billboards definitely definitely are like up for movie of the year anyway three billboards when i saw it it was definitely good acting definitely like that stands out and it's an engaging movie and i kind of felt like afterwards like i didn't get it like i, I was kind of what was this movie about you know because it was good it was good acting and um spoiler alert the in the movie there's a mother that loses her daughter, which was raped and murdered in a small town. Again, Woody Harrelson was in it, which I didn't know he was in it, and which was really cool because I like Woody Harrelson a lot. And he is the Woody Harrelson is actually the sheriff in this small town, and it's a little bigger than Wind River Town, but it's um somewhere in. Uh, Billings, Missouri, I think, takes place. And, but the acting was really good. So besides like really good acting and, you know, this story about, you know, the uh, the mother's trying to figure out who murdered her, her daughter because it's an unself murder. Like, I was like, what? Like, I don't get it. Like, that's how I felt. Then I asked my brother who took, who put me onto the movie and told me it was good. I asked him like, what, like, what was this shit? Like, what you think of it? And he, without skipping a beat, was like, oh, it's about grieving. And I was like, hmm. And it, would def it completely was. And he put me on to, you know, it's like the mother dealing with grieving 
and how she how she you know she was grieving the loss of her daughter by like acting out being very rebellious that as you guys will see in the movie when you watch it and doing an unorthodox things and anything and everything to try to figure out who the hell murdered her her daughter uh the father of the daughter which was an abusive father acting out in his like midlife crisis type of way with having uh uh you know young 20 something or 19 year old girlfriend and uh, a sports car uh the brother uh, dealing with the grieving in his awkward teenage way of not wanting to speak about anything and the uh, woody harrelson's character um who had cancer in the movie dealing uh with the grief of that and and his own mortality and then spoiler alert woody harrelson very surprisingly very very surprisingly shoots his fucking brains out which you don't see coming at all unless you hear this before watching the movie then i kind of did fuck that up for you my apologies um but then you you see the grief of his family dealing uh you know with his loss and everybody's just grieving like different shit like throughout the whole thing and it's like different stages or not stages but different ways that people grieve and like that was like the core essence of the movie and like after he told me that i was like holy shit yeah i can't believe like i that completely went over my head and i know art is uh you know movies books uh music whatever it's very subjective and and different people get different things from it but that's definitely like once he like gave me that perspective like i definitely saw it that way and i was like you know surprised that that i didn't catch that and it was kind of like um a line from jay-z's 444 album where he's speaking about the godfather and how a man can't provide the way he's supposed to for his family when he's out fucking around in, in in the streets and and putting other things before family and like that is a a take a definite takeaway from the godfather movies but like jay-z said in that line he was like that his consciousness at the time when watching uh godfather was was michael's consciousness of you know rising to power and doing what you got to do in business business and meanwhile his family is falling apart but his consciousness like he missed that whole other side of it that whole angle of it and like me missing the whole grief angle of the movie kind of reminded me of that line which i thought was pretty interesting and kind of brought things full circle but it was definitely an interesting watch three billboards is the name of that movie and i recommend it to you fine folks now the big 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 huge 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 news is that my wife and i learned the process of making a human being from scratch boom mic drop (laughs) yeah so probably not as exciting for you folks but definitely is for me i'm gonna be a dad and hopefully if everything continues going as well as it has been and uh, my wife's pregnant she's currently in her second trimester 18 months pregnant 18 months 18 18 weeks going on 18 weeks 
And it's actually one of the things that I mentioned in the like debut 2018 episode of the podcast that uh, had a couple things brewing this year. A couple, uh, a few good big things and announcements. That's definitely the biggest. And um, I'll definitely be sharing more of it, more of the process with you guys as time goes on. It's definitely um, nerve-wracking, exciting. It was something that we both wanted and and planned and were trying for. And it happened. We didn't have to go through uh, too much for it to happen. Like, I've heard horror stories of friends of mine that have gone through, like, years of of having to try. And um, uh, thankfully, we... That was an hour experience, and I've seen the other side of it of, oh, shit, I'm pregnant, or we're pregnant, and, you know, we definitely didn't plan it type of thing. And I think either which way it has its its way, things have uh, their way of, like, working themselves out, and it's ultimately a blessing, and for us something that uh we're really thankful for i know for me personally i've like i've always like loved obviously and like valued uh my parents and thinking that like the sacrifices that they've made in their lives and everything that they've done to like provide for myself and my brother are things that as as a kid as a child you can never really repay and i've always felt i've uh, obviously haven't had the experience of it yet but i've always felt that the closest thing to paying them back is paying it forward by extending that same selflessness and love and care to your own child or children in the future and i definitely plan to i definitely hope to be a great dad and i have no idea how it's gonna feel it's it's still surreal for us for me and my wife like just recently like within the last few days that you know we've actually like started telling people about it um it's been like sinking in more as like oh shit we're gonna be parents but before that like for the past like four months or so like it still hasn't hit us and i know it's it'll probably like hit us more and more until the day comes and um i just have no idea how it's gonna feel everybody like from my brother to my father to like uh friends of mine to uh co-workers that have children uh, i get different versions of the same thing which is that it's an indescribable feeling and that you feel it once you hold the baby in your hand for the first time that that's when it really hits you um so i'm definitely looking forward to that indescribable moment Besides that, and I'll leave you guys with this thought. Um, President Obama was the first guest of David Letterman's for this new Netflix show that Letterman has. And he was speaking about his daughters and the, the eldest, Malia, I believe, going to college for the first time and going over there and having to drop her off. And, you know, he uh, gave a whole story about that. And he described having children um, from 
the best way that he said he has heard it described that resonated with him. And as soon as he said it, um, it's definitely something that resonated with me. That kind of helped me frame how I think it will be, which was that it's, he said, having children is like having your heart, but outside of your body. And I took that to mean that it's like a piece of you and it's what keeps you going. What you do, you do for it. It's an emotional connection. And I don't know, that analogy sounds like it'll hold true. Time will tell. But I thought that was pretty cool. That's all I got for you guys on this episode of the Sponsor Day Podcast. Stay tuned to listen to some tunes in the background and uh, then hear of a few different ways you can help support the Sponsor Day Podcast and stuff that you can subscribe to for free, like my Midday Monday Boost Letter and how to get uh, my book for free, which is called Make Way For You, Tips For Getting Out Of Your Own Way and all that good stuff. All right, folks. Peace. Welcome to the Empire State. Birthplace of Michael Jordan, home of Biggie Smalls, Rockefeller headquarters, ladies and gentlemen, Killer Cam, Young Hove is definitely in the building, Brooklyn, Harlem World, stand the fuck up, I'm a BK brawler, Marcy Projects, hallway thornerer, pure coke copper, get your order up. Bring them to Baltimore in the Florida Explorer But it's gonna cost you more if I gotta get them to Florida Rucker game attender With the bench park on the sidewalk With the templates on the fender I ain't hard to find, you catch me front and center At the Nick game, big chain and all my splendor Next to Spike if you pan left to right My own Madison Square, catch me at the fight with Cam Once again if you pan left to the vice To be the man that right checks with the hand that don't write off the head when I'm rambling on the mic And I go off the fast when I'm scrambling at night And it was off the set I brought hammers to the fight But we from New York City, right Cam? Get damn right the home of 9-11 A place of the lost towers We still banging, we never lost power Tell them Welcome to New York City Would you like to receive a short email from me once a week? You know that feeling you have on a Monday at work? When you have absolutely nothing to look forward to except for lunch, have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost Letter is here. In this short weekly newsletter, you will receive five things. One is a photograph of the week from a photographer, a podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts, dozens and dozens of podcasts, hundreds of episodes, and I cherry pick the best ones and I share them with you here. You'll also receive a video of the week, which could be anything from a rap battle to a TED talk. You receive a quote of the week, something to let marinate in your mind, and a word of the week so that you and I can both step up our vocab. So if any of that sounds of interest to you, check it out. Check out the subscribe page at spuntray.com forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll receive the very next one. For any writers or creatives out there, I have a questionnaire. It's a five-question questionnaire that anyone is free to fill out. It's located at spuntray.com forward slash questionnaire. 
And what it is, is five open-ended questions related to your craft. It's things like what inspires you to write or create whenever you don't feel the inspiration to do so. What are your favorite apps or tools or tricks to trick yourself into getting into the mind state of actually creating? What inspires you, etc., etc., stuff like that. And what I do with your responses is share them on a future episode of the podcast. Now, you can choose to remain anonymous if you choose to. You have that option right there when you fill out the questionnaire. And if you do not choose to remain anonymous, I give you a shout out on the podcast and promote for free whatever it is that you have going on. So I appreciate you in advance for sharing that with me, as well as the rest of the listeners of the Sponsor Day podcast, which would stand to gain from you filling out the questionnaire. Now, you can help support the podcast in a myriad of ways. One way which does not cost you anything and is most popular within the podcasting community is by shopping on Amazon using my affiliate links banner. So the way that works is you go to sponsorcom forward slash affiliate links or just click on the affiliate links tab at the top center of the page. And there you will see a banner for Amazon. You literally just click on that and it takes you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It does not cost you anything extra, but Amazon will give me a kickback just for driving traffic to their website. So that would be a big help. It literally costs you nothing extra financially, just costs you a couple of extra clicks of your mouse before you do your Amazon shopping. The iTunes banner that's on that same page works the same way. So if you're purchasing music or movies or whatever it is on iTunes, feel free to go through my affiliate link portal there as well. If you want to make a one-time PayPal donation, feel free to do so. There's a PayPal donation button on there as well. Within that same tab, you'll also find a link to the Spun Today Viral Style Store. Now, the Viral Style Store is a store where you can get Spun Today merch, whether it's a coffee mug or a t-shirt that I personally designed. And spoiler alert, I'm no... I'm no Ralph Lauren or, you know, whoever designs Gucci stuff, <laughs> but I did create the design of those shirts myself. I have a couple t-shirts on there. One that says, for example, right need every day, which is a playoff of Snoop, Dre and Nate Dogs. smoke weed every day. So it's right need every day with like a puff cloud of smoke behind it. I have a podcast versus everybody t-shirt and uh, just stuff like that. So check it out. The link to the viral style store is also there. You can also help support the podcast on a reoccurring basis. If you become a Patreon supporter. Now, Patreon is pretty cool and it there's a little um, video explanation of what it is and how it works, but I'll try to do my best to summarize it here. Basically, you sign on to Patreon, which is a free service for your account, and you can support not just myself, but any other uh, podcasters or creatives that also have Patreon pages. And you can choose to, for example, donate a dollar to them on a per episode basis. So the Sponsor Today podcast has two uh, episodes a month. So if you donate a dollar to it, it'll be two dollars a month, basically. And you set it up and it just happens automatically on a reoccurring basis. There are zero fees. You can cancel at any time. No hassle, no bullshit. And it's uh, it's a cool way to help support and is much appreciated. And also, it's not just like a, for example, 
uh, a PayPal donation, which is just that. But through Patreon, it allows the creator, in this case being myself, to set up a reward system, if you will. So if you donate a dollar per episode, you are considered a tier one supporter. If you donate $3 per episode, you are a second tier supporter, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes up to four tiers and each tier gets different things like uh, tier one gets a free spun today bookmark and a shout out on the podcast. Tier three gets uh, gets those two things from tier one, as well as a free writing piece that's not posted on on my website or available to anyone else, et cetera, et cetera. So check that out if you will. And uh, visit my Patreon page at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash spun today. Another great, amazing way to help support the podcast is to rate and review it. This costs you absolutely nothing. Whether you listen on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, on Pocket Casts, on Overcast, on Player FM, on Google Play, on YouTube, on Tumblr, or if you listen on Podbay or any other of your favorite podcast apps, please rate and review the episode. It really is the number one way to help the show gain traction, gain exposure. You know, you could also share it with friends and family and tell them, you know, check out what this idiot is saying. Some of it is actually pretty good or it all fucking sucks and you should listen and laugh. But as long as you're listening, <laughs> it would be much appreciated. So rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you listen. Follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Spun Today. Like the Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Spun Today. Subscribe to my YouTube page as well. All podcast episodes are available on YouTube as well as clipped versions. For example, with the Random Rant episodes, you know, I speak about a bunch of different topics instead of having the full episode alone, which is also available on YouTube. But you also have snippets of the different topics broken up into more digestible chunks. So check that out. You can also support by checking out my book, Make Way For You, Tips For Getting Out Of Your Own Way. It's a quick, short read if you're looking for some inspiration and motivation. And you can find out more about it at spuntray.com forward slash books. There you'll find a video of me telling you all how the book came to fruition, as well as a couple of audio excerpts. If you're interested, you can purchase it wherever books are sold. Kindle, iBooks, Kobo, an ebook or paperback format, which you can find on Amazon. Also, for being a Spun Today listener, I can also send you a free copy. Right there on that same landing page at sponsor.com forward slash books. Drop in your email address at the bottom of the page and I'll shoot you over a copy in the format of your choice. And that's all I got, folks. Thanks again for checking out this episode. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.